Coming up on this week's show, we're talking to authors Pandora Pine and Piper Scott, as well as anthology creator Leslie Copeland about the just-released fourth edition of Heart to Heart. This is the Big Gay Fiction Podcast, the show for avid readers and passionate fans of gay romance fiction. Each week, we bring you exclusive author interviews, book recommendations, and explore the latest in gay pop culture. Welcome to episode 248 of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast. I'm Will from WillCanals.com, and with me as always is my co-host and husband, Jeff Adams. Hello, everybody. This episode of the podcast is brought to you in part by our remarkable community on Patreon. We'll have more information on how you can join the community at the end of the show, along with a sneak peek of what we have coming up for you next week. Welcome back, Rainbow Romance readers. We are so glad that you could join us for another episode of the show. And for those of you living in the U.S., we hope that you had a safe and sane holiday weekend and took the proper precautions, which includes being a grown-up adult and wearing a mask in public and washing your hands. We want all of you to be safe and healthy so that we have someone to talk with about books for many, many years to come. And with the celebration of the 4th of July holiday, that means we are kicking off another month of summer. And here on the podcast, we are going to be celebrating Christmas in July. I think that's something that we all use right about now. And how are we going to celebrate this festive holiday? I am so glad that you asked. I'm personally going to be reading some holiday selections that I didn't get to last year. So we'll be talking about those in the coming weeks. But also, I am very proud to announce the book club selection for the month of July is going to be Mr. Frosty Pants by Letta Blake. This book was so delightful. And I'm once again so very glad that you made a great selection for our book club pick of the month. Now, members of our Patreon community are going to get special early access to our discussion of Mr. Frosty Pants. That's going to be available this week. And it will become available to everyone else in our regular podcast feed on Tuesday, July 28th. So be sure to keep an eye out for that. And if you have not yet read Mr. Frosty Pants, well, then join us in the Christmas in July celebration and pick up that book. So you'll be ready for the talk at the end of the month. And given that you have been reading for our celebration, what did you read this week? Well, to kick things off, I decided to partake of the delightful holiday romance Love Happens Anyway by R.J. Scott. This is a fake boyfriend holiday romance, and oh, I just loved it to pieces. Fake boyfriend is, of course, one of my all-time favorite tropes, and when you wrap it up and all sorts of holiday goodness, it just hit me right in the feels, and I love this book so much. It concerns Derek, a businessman who puts an awful lot of pressure on himself. So much so that he feels the need to hire a boyfriend to make the rounds of holiday parties that he has coming up. Luke is going to be the man who portrays the idealized, tall, dark, and handsome fireman boyfriend that Derek has dreamed up. And things get interesting really quick. Derek has a series of four different events that he's hired Luke for. Uh, And the first one, Luke thinks, goes really well. It's a dinner with Derek's parents. But afterwards, he freaks out, thinking that the evening with his parents couldn't possibly have gone any worse. And this situation really illustrated the dynamics between our two main characters. Derek cares so much what other people think of him that his life is utterly miserable. Although he has a ton of great stuff going for him, it's essentially Luke's job during the course of the story to help him realize that, to help break down some of the walls that Derek has built up over the years and realize that things are pretty damn great. 
and they can even be fantastic if the two of them can figure out how to stay together for the long run. Derek is a little bit prickly and kind of a jerk through a good portion of the story, but I think it speaks to Luke's kindness and patience and understanding that he understands what's going on with this guy. And even though he's just been hired to be the hot guy on Derek's arm, he's really interested in genuinely helping. And over the course of the story, what starts out as a business arrangement forces them to realize they have far more in Carmen than they originally realized, leading to a Christmas time happily ever after. I got to read this story too, and I so much loved it. You're right that Derek puts so much pressure on himself. He's just taken over his family's advertising business. He wants that to go well, but he's afraid that everything that he comes up with is just things that his dad has done before, and he he misreads so many cues in his obsession to get it right that he doesn't allow himself to be himself. To the point that he's even constructed this whole boyfriend named Marcus, and there's a box of kittens involved in all of this thing that he's constructed, and he has to get Luke to play Marcus. But what he doesn't realize is that in a lot of ways, Luke actually is Marcus already. It's so cute. This book also has one of the most adorable holiday book covers ever. I think we've probably all seen the kind of pink and purple cover with the really happy snowman on it. Believe it or not, that plays into the story, the snowman. And I loved how all that came together just as a little sidelight to it all. But yeah, it's so sweet. It is so holiday perfect. I love how Luke broke through Derek's walls, as did Derek's parents. And even Luke's parents, to a degree, all helped him kind of find himself for the holidays. And I got to give kudos to to Sean Christen for a really excellent take on the audiobook too. It was just it was so many beautiful feels to kick off Christmas in July. Yeah, so thank you to RJ Scott for writing Love Happens Anyway. So, my book for the week was not Christmassy at all. <laughs> but it is a delightful age gap romance that has some tinges of a typical billionaire trope too, but also some really fun, over-the-top kind of dynasty machinations going on at the same time. I really had a great fun with this book, which is Sticky Fingers by Davidson King, the first time I've read anything from Davidson, too. This book centers around Kyle and Maddox. Kyle is a college student getting ready to go back for his senior year, but he finds out that his mom, who has had some fairly significant medical things going on since a car accident, needs one more round of surgery but the money for that surgery doesn't it doesn't exist. And he's agreed to give up going back to school for his senior year so that she can have the college money to get the surgery, which his parents are not happy about at all. Now, Kyle has a douchey best friend named Jeff who convinces him to come work at a fancy resort. He's, he's dating the daughter of the resort owner. And uh, they plan to steal from the wealthy and make their lives better, help Kyle's parents, etc., now, Maddox is a wealthy businessman. He is uh, essentially a venture capitalist, but also quite the philanthropist as well. Maddox is coming to this resort, which is owned by his best friend, Dylan. He wants to rest and relax and recharge, which is something that he doesn't really do a lot. And he ends up having dinner alongside Kyle and Jeff because Jeff's dating Dylan's daughter. And so they all end up sitting around the same table. And Maddox and Kyle are so freaking cute. In this meet-cute situation, 
they have just enough encounters to get into a really good flirty mode when Maddox's sort of girlfriend, Nadia, shows up. And let's just be real. She's not Maddox's girlfriend. They are longtime friends. She desperately wants more. Maddox is desperate to be clear that they are not in that relationship at all. In the midst of all this, the first heist happens, and of course, Jeff sends Kyle to steal from Maddox's in-room safe, and Kyle gets caught red-handed with the safe open. Maddox, having gotten to know Kyle, is under the impression that there's a lot more going on here than meets the eye. He takes interest in listening to Kyle's story, understanding what happened, and he invites Kyle back east to work at his house for the summer. Kyle is very into botany. He's in school to be a botanist. Of course, Maddox has a fabulous garden that needs attention. And so that sets up putting Kyle and Maddox together for the summer. These two are so super sweet. I can't even tell you. Oh my God, I loved it so much. Maddox is very into how Kyle was willing to do anything to help his family because Family is also very important to Maddox, who has quite a number of siblings uh, in his clan. And so he gets why you would do anything to help family. Their story plays out alongside Nadia really trying to get back at Maddox for what he's done and trying to bring down Kyle for the, the crime that he committed, which she is not happy to just brush under the rug. How she does that is... Crazy Town, and this is where it gets a little bit into some Dynasty, very soapy kind of things that go on. I loved it. I I think some people, mileage may vary on this because it's a little over the top alongside such a sweet story, but I, I really loved everything that she pulled because it was just, just on the verge of total ridiculousness and... You know, I'm going to be honest, it's a, it's a romance, so you know it's a happily ever after, but she got hers too, which I was really happy about because I wanted to punch her and I wanted to punch Jeff, who is probably the worst best friend in the world. I really love this book because at its soul, Kyle and Maddox are so sweet, and I love how Davidson treated these characters, imbibed them with so much heart and soul and really made Maddox a fully rounded person that I kind of wanted to know. I look forward to reading more of Davidson's work. The audiobook was super outstanding, narrated by Kurt Graves and John Solo. So I absolutely love Sticky Fingers by Davidson King. The audiobook for this is available through Libro.fm, which is a place where you can purchase audiobooks directly from your favorite local bookstores. With Libro FM, you get the same audiobooks at the same price as that large audiobook company, but you'll be supporting a bookstore of your choice. All you need is a smartphone and the free Libro FM app, and you'll be set to go. Now, listeners of the Big Gay Fiction Podcast can get a two-month audiobook membership for the price of one. All you have to do to take advantage of that is to go to biggayfictionpodcast.com slash Libro FM. That's L-I-B-R-O-F-M, and you'll get all the details there. Also, if you're interested in learning about these books or anything else that we've talked about on this week's show, all you have to do is go to the show notes page for this episode at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. I'm Willow Astor, author and host of Living in the Pages, part of the Frolic Podcast Network. My show features best-selling authors in their latest work, but we also cover a crazy range of emotion from the heartfelt angst of how reality seeps into fiction to the silliness of singing our favorite songs together. 
I love books and I love writers. It's an extreme thrill for me to chat one-on-one with some of my favorite novelists. I like getting to know them as writers and creative people and also as real everyday people. Moms and scientists, everyone's interesting in their own way. Some highlights for me have been chatting with Taryn Fisher, Kennedy Ryan, Colleen Hoover, and the absolute dreamy Paulina Simons. Join me every Thursday on your favorite podcast app. In the hockey player's heart, the feel-good gay romance by Jeff Adams and Will Knauss, hockey star Caleb Carter returns to his hometown to recover from an injury. He never expects to run into his one-time crush at a great school fundraiser. Seeing Aaron Price hits him hard, like being checked into the boards. The attraction is still there, even after all these years, and Caleb decides to make a play for the school teacher. You miss 100% of the shots you never take, right? Aaron has been burned by love before, and can't imagine what a celebrity like Caleb could possibly see in a guy like him. Their differences are just too great. But as Aaron spends more time with Caleb, he begins to wonder if he might have what it takes to win the hockey player's heart. Get the hockey player's heart at Amazon.com. So as we talked about on the show last week, the new edition of the Heart to Heart anthology came out. It's a paranormal edition this year. And I'm super excited to be able to welcome this week Pandora Pine and Piper Scott, who are two of the authors with stories in the anthology, as well as Leslie Copeland, who's kind of the mastermind behind the anthology. They're going to talk to us about this year's book, talk about the stories that are in it, and uh, hopefully make you excited to run right out and purchase this brand new anthology. Leslie, Piper, and Pandora, thank you so much for being here. I'm excited we get to talk about the new Heart to Heart volume. Thank you for having us. Hello. Hi there. Leslie, we'll kick off with you because this is your brainchild. And before we get into the new anthology that's just come out, tell us how this whole thing got started and what sparked the idea. Heart to Heart started with a random conversation among friends where I said, what if? And the authors I was chatting with at the time, it was a group conversation, I think. And they went, oh, that's a great idea. And they kept enabling me. And, <laughs> and then we said, well, you know, let, let's ask this person if they wanted to do it too. And, and let's ask this person. And then that one said, oh, you should ask this person. And before we know it, there was, I think, 11 authors in that first volume. And we, I, I, we had no expectations. You know, we thought, oh, anthologies, you know, you know, historically, they're not great sellers, and it's gay romance. And so, you know, our pool is even smaller. And then we made just over $20,000. And we kept going. So so that was it. I mean, it, it really, it was a what if, and people said yes. And not only did the author say yes, but clearly the readers said yes, also. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was a very conscious decision with that first volume that we really wanted to include authors that the readers would want to read, you know, thinking, you know, how can we make the most money for charity? And yeah, I think we just we absolutely nailed it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really lucky that a lot of the authors have come back multiple times and readers now know, oh, this person's doing it again. I have to read their story. So, yeah, they keep coming back. 
And you've all, from a reader point of view too, you've always had an interesting kind of, you know, conceit about how everything hangs together too. It's not just a bunch of stories, you know, tossed into a book and called an anthology. There's things that tie all of this together in a nice package too, every single time. Yeah, absolutely. Part of the reader experience of it is we didn't want just to publish something and hope for the best. We wanted something enjoyable. We wanted all new content. We, you know, we, we wanted stories that readers would love, you know, nice escape kind of stories coming up with heart to heart as a dating app. And then with each subsequent volume, using that as our central sort of thing, like everything in, in some way, it always ties back to this heart to heart dating app. And it's just, it's nice to sort of give us that launch point for every story. All of the stories are so incredibly different, but they all tie back to this one particular thing. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned $20,000 for that in that first anthology. Mm-hmm. The anthologies have always supported charities. Mm-hmm. How much have you raised across the three volumes so far? And what are the charities that you've been supporting? With each volume, we've chosen three charities. They have all been focused on LGBT something, whether it's youth or, you know, the one time we did the Trans Lifeline, which focuses on issuing micro grants to people who might be going through name changes or needing different documentation. So all told, we have raised just over $80,000 U.S., And we have donated now to nine different charities in both the U.S. and Canada. Uh, Big name charities like the Trevor Project, uh, Rainbow Railroad, but also really small charities like Trans Lifeline. Uh, There's an LGBT life youth line that we did with volume three. One in 10 youth, we did the Ali Fournay Project, which focuses on homelessness. It's an amazing mix. It's it's hard every time to choose just three charities. Mm -hmm. Because there's so many out there to, that to use the support and do great Absol- work. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, there's always been a, a reader component to this as well, because you always do a big poll of what readers might want to see, whether it's a name or a setting. How did you bring that kind of into the whole heart-to-heart concept? So that was kind of tied in back with that what-if you know, we, it was just kind of a brainstorming session and we were throwing ideas around and, oh, what if we do this? What if we do this? What do we, we do this? What if we ask the readers for suggestions? And we took it and ran with it. And I think for that first volume, because nobody really knew what to expect, I want to say we had maybe 150 different suggestions from readers. You know, we, at that point we were looking for characters with different jobs. So that's where we got things like a dog walker and an assassin and a magician and a mortician, just totally oddball. And we encourage, you know, the really unique ideas going into the second volume. Then we were like, well, we have to do this again because it worked out so well. And I think it gives the readers a little bit of ownership, knowing that they influenced these stories. With volume four that we just did, I think we had close to 500 suggestions submitted. It was a giant spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) It really was. (laughs) So if any author ever needs a plot bunny, I have them coming out of my ears over these four volumes of spreadsheets. (laughs) Now, Piper and Pandora as authors, what's it like for you to get this big sheet 
and not only have to pick something from the big sheet, but then have it be a linchpin for characters and some of the setup in your story. And Piper, I'll, I'll start with you because you are, you're coming back to the anthology for another visit. So you've been through this before as well. It's been a pleasure to come back to Heart to Heart. For me, the reader prompts are something that I've dealt with in the past, even before agreeing to write for the anthology. In my reader group, when we hit certain membership levels, sometimes I'll write a short story. And at that point, I pull my readers and ask, you know, what what kind of story would you guys like to see? Because I'm writing this for you. So I have had experience writing with reader prompts before, although not 500 of them. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Which is just, it's crazy. And I think it just, it goes to show how amazing the community is. You've got so much love for this project going on and so many people thinking up such amazing ideas. I know browsing that list, I had at least three story ideas and I had to sit down and really decide what one I wanted to go to go for. So it's just, it's been a blast, you know, working with the reader prompts. I find it really juices up your creativity. And if you're, you know, if you're ever stuck, then you have someone kind of like pushing you from behind, you know, like this is their idea, do do justice for them. So it really kind of gives me inspiration to, to write something awesome. Mm-hmm. And Pandora, how about you? This is your first heart to heart. It is my first one. The interesting thing for me is that this is almost a throwback to my days in fan fiction, where we would do writing prompts in our writing group, you know, where, you know, everyone's going to a picnic or a ball game or something similar to that. And, you know, the thing that I like the most about it, too, is that in my regular writing, I get so many requests from readers you know, these two should get together or this should have happened. Why didn't that happen? And now I get the opportunity to take reader suggestions and put it into a story made just for them. Mm -hmm. Will and I are new to this this year also. And having all that there was good and bad (laughs) in some Mm. ways. It's like this multitude of riches that you have to pick from. And for us, it was super weird too, having so much there and trying to pick things that we also know how to write a little bit too. I was so happy there was a hockey player on that list. <laughs> I think it was like hockey player who had left the sport and became a journalist. It was very specific, but it also has a journalist in a previous life. It's like, I, I, I'll take that right there. <laughs> Give me. <laughs> but I was also super impressed at all the people that responded because that's amazing response to get for anything. Mm-hmm. And sometimes looking through the, res- the the responses too, it's really neat because you'll see that sometimes the readers will weave a story for you. Yes. Usually what we say is, you know, the, 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 the information that people put on that form, it can be totally random. It doesn't have to connect. You know, you're not pairing up character A and character B. You're just making random suggestions. But we'll get them that it's, oh, you know, this is John and John did this and then this is Sam and then Sam did this. But back then they did this. And so, like, you know, the, this prompt is, you know, almost a fully fleshed out story just in these suggestions. So it's it's neat to see just how thought how much thought goes into filling out this form by some of these readers. Some of them are totally off the wall and they're amazing. And some of them are really cool. So, yeah, it's it's an amazing mix to be able to go through. You mentioned that the origin and the first three volumes so far have revolved around a dating app, but you've pivoted for volume four. 
Tell us what we're going to get in volume four. With the first three volumes of Heart to Heart, they have been contemporary stories. It's been, you know, our world, you know, totally just regular classic contemporary with predominantly authors who write contemporary and a few exceptions of, you know, authors like Charlie Cochet, who will write some paranormal, some contemporary. But there's been a whole lot of authors that I would love to work with, but they just don't write contemporary. Their readers aren't expecting that from them. So with three volumes under our belt, I was like, you know what? Okay, let's let's give it a shot. Let's see what happened. So volume four is paranormal. We've decided, you know what? It's it, it's still our world, but things are a little different. There are vampires. There are witches. There is magic. There are shifters. And it's just part of the world. And of course, I mean, heart to heart, it's totally there. What we decided to do this time is all of our all of our stories are tied into heart to heart through a podcast. That was our our thread that ties them together. And so, yeah, it's really neat the way that our authors have been able to tie in this podcast element of their characters. Look, you know, I don't, I don't want to spoil it, but they're they're looking for something. <laughs> And they, they, you know, sort of find it through this connection to the podcast and then the story itself, you know, some of them are very paranormal. Some of them have paranormal elements, but it's just really cool. It's, it's a neat change to be able to have this time. We're, I'm excited about it. I'm excited that you involved Will and I to take care of the podcast part. Absolutely. Because the character that we have is the host of the podcast. And his assistant, and they're the two who kind of find love in their story. But there's more going on there that I won't spoil, because there's some interesting things that go on in their story and things that are discovered. And for us, it was like the first time we've touched paranormal. Mm -hmm. We're very much sweet, contemporary, pretty low angst writers, and to sprinkle a little magic through there and and play with that was was kind of fun. (laughs) (laughs) you know it was a nice spreading of the wings into something that we don't do very often and you did it for charity so there you go exactly did it for charity which is always a good thing now piper we mentioned earlier that you're coming back to the anthology what brings you back to it i had a blast working on heart to heart three the team was just amazing and it's it's very humbling to be able to work with such incredible authors <laughs> that when Leslie was like, hey, I'm thinking about doing a paranormal edition for Heart to Heart 4, are you in? I was like, yes, 100%. <laughs> I don't even care what the details are. <laughs> I'm going to be in this anthology. There was no hesitation. <laughs> no, I, I, she was like, hey, I'm, I'm like, yes. <laughs> and I think just getting to explore the the difference between the versions, uh, Heart to Heart 3 being a contemporary version and then Heart to Heart 4 being a paranormal edition has just been so good for me because I write both contemporary and, well, like parent shifter or paranormal type stories. So it's been just a blast getting to explore both sides of myself and kind of getting to those fantasy roots I kind of came up from. So it's yeah, it was just a kind of a perfect storm of circumstances that, that brought me back. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what your story is about? So pretty much you have 
a human who is the sweetest, most innocent virgin who's ever lived in a shed in the Chicagoland area. And then you have this big old demonic family full of all these quirky siblings. And they <laughs> and they get together through the power of a wish gone slightly awry. And there's just a lot of laughter. I don't want to spoil too much because I want everyone to go read it. It's just hilarious. But I think it's probably one of the funniest books I've ever written. Right up there with Bond from the Forbidden Desire series. So if you guys are listening and you're a fan of Everard and Harry, you should go check this one out. Because you've got some (laughs) some good vibes going on there. Nice. And Pandora, what brought you on board and made you excited to want to work on this particular project? You know, it was kind of funny. I was in bed with double pneumonia when I got... That's not funny at all. (laughs) No, but it is. It is. (laughs) I had a fever, you know, and I get this message from Leslie asking if I would be interested in doing this. And I'm like, wait, am I hallucinating now too? (laughs) It's an honor to be asked to join this project and not just to be handed the baton, but to be handed the baton and we're taking the series in a different direction. You know, we're, we're kind of out on a limb here with Paranormal, and it's just it's an amazing opportunity to write with some of my favorite authors. Again, it reminds me of my fan fiction days when we would all get together and pick a topic and just write together. And to me, that's, that's the best thing about our community is how everyone gets together and, and works so well together. And what's your story about? You know... <laughs> I get odd story ideas like out of the blue, like little bolts of lightning. And I had thought it would be fun to write a story about a blind psychic. And the only way that this psychic could see was when he touched another person. And one of the prompts that the reader sent in was that they wanted to see something about a character who had never seen snow before. And I'm like, there it is. There's my blind psychic. So it it sort of evolved from there. Like, you know, when I get story ideas, I never know where they're going, you know, a character or even sometimes I get a name. And it just happened that the blind psychic had a name and the name was on the sheet, too. And I'm just like, well, it is really meant to be now. How did it work for you, Piper? Did you have a a glimmer of an idea or did you let the sheet kind of guide the way? Well, I've been wanting to write demons for a long time, but as Piper Scott, I write contemporary Omegaverse usually, so I don't really get to dabble with shifters or demons or any other kind of paranormal critters. So being invited to this anthology was kind of like, time to do everything that I want to do on my passion project list. So let's get some demons in there. And it's just been, it's just been fantastic. I cannot... I cannot wait to write more because I'm pretty sure this is the start of a new series and that solo Piper books are going to become paranormal as well in the future. But we'll, you know, we'll wait and see what's going on with that. But yeah, so I went in with a an inkling of an idea of what I wanted to write. And then mine was mine was so coincidental because as I was scanning the list, there was a prompt for the character being the youngest son of a family of five brothers. And then the second prompt was the youngest son and he has four older sisters. And I was like, wait, perfect. And it just kind of popped in my head, this idea for this, you know, big demonic family with it locked inside this universe and 
everything kind of just unraveled from there. So it was a happy marriage between what I wanted to do and then just ideas from this reader prompted suggestion. So just all around a great time. And I'm very fortunate to have been able to realize that idea on paper. Mm -hmm. It's really cool actually talking about wanting to turn your story into more. You're not the only person that has said that of the heart to heart (laughs) stories that they've had so much fun writing them or the characters were just so, so perfect. You know, Susie Hawk is doing volume four and I know that she plans to make more out of her story you know probably the biggest one was may archer her story from the very first heart to heart became a little novella called the date which spawned the entire love and o'leary series and uh, i think two two of her three previous heart to heart stories she had tied into o'leary as well so it's cool how you know just this fun little project is you know actually turning into so much more for some of the authors mm-hmm Pandora, have you considered, is is this a potential spinoff for you as well? You know, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm sort of, sort of straddling the paranormal in the contemporary world right now. And I have a feeling like the ideas on the spreadsheet, this story going further will probably be reader driven. If it's something that, that readers are interested in and seeing more of this, this little universe, then absolutely, I'm definitely game for that. Mm-hmm. If, if I only I could tie this dude with magic into something else that goes on in my contemporary universe. <laughs> Somebody gets hit in the head with a hockey puck, has a concussion, wakes up, and, oh my gosh, what's the world come to? They've got psychic powers now. Right? I think we Leslie might that. have just written the whole thing right there. <laughs> What's it like for you, Leslie, watching all this stuff come together? You're really the one who gets to hear all of the author's angst. I know you heard some of our angst routinely. <laughs> um, but you watch all the stories come together, too, as they as they all start to pile into the folder. It's kind of weird. Authors will talk sometimes about imposter syndrome and, and you know, just like not really feeling 100% confident in themselves. And I have that as well. But for me, I'm a reader. I'm not an author. I never will be. It's not something, you know, that's in me. Not, you know, I don't want to do it, but you know, I, I'm just a reader. I love reading books and like, it's really cool. I have friends and they write books, they're authors. And then I, I get this project and there's 16 stories in a folder. And you know, I look at that and think I had this random idea a couple years ago and look at all of these things that are written. And it's just, it's, it's really cool. You know, it, it's like that that little baby reader in grade four going, oh, books are awesome. And you know, it's like magic. <laughs> it is. It's the magic of story. Absolutely. <laughs> Who are the other authors uh, involved? Because we should give them some credit here, too. We have a whole stable of them. So we actually have 18 authors contributing to 16 stories in this, in volume four. So we have Charlie Cochet, Morgan Bryce, Haley Turner, J.D. Light, Jeff, yourself, and Will, Jen Burke, Kiki Borelli, Lisa Oliver, Macy Blake, Maz Maddox, Pandora and Piper, Sam Burns, and W.M. Fox. They're writing together. Sheena Himes, Sylvia Violet, and Susie Hawk. Quite the lineup. I mean, it's just amazing to get all of those stories bundled into a package. 
Yeah, I, I kind of hold nothing back when I invite authors. I figure, you know, the worst that happens is they, they'll say no. So I will ask anybody. If I want them on the project, I'll ask. Yeah, because, I mean, the worst that happens, like you said, is no. And if you don't ask, you'll never find out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and sometimes they say yes, and it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> What's coming up for you, Piper, through the rest of the year? Oh, uh, so much. So I'll try to condense it as best I can. Right now I'm at the tail end of finishing my next novel, During the Flight, which is the third book in my Small Town Heart series as Emma Alcott. And Lynn Van Dorn and I, at the same time, are also finishing up Finch, which is the third book in the Forbidden Desire spinoff series slash the sixth book in the overall arcing series. So that's very exciting. I'm hoping to have those two out, well, maybe at the time of this podcast, but if not, then soon. And I also have a ton of audio on the way. The Proposal, which is the second book in the Single Dad Support Group series, and Save Me, which is the second book in the Rutledge Brothers series. So hop on over to Amazon, Audible, and iTunes and pick them up. But after that, I've got The Solution, which is the third book in the Single Dad Support Group series, and Keep Me, which is the last book in the Rutledge Brothers series that will be going live. And then the rest of the Single Dad Support Group books should be going live through 2020 and into 2021. They are pretty meaty, so I'm thinking it's going to take some time, but we're trying to get them out uh, as soon as possible. And apart from that, I'm planning on starting a new series as Piper, which will be coming, you know, sometime soon. I'm, I'm so bad about dates. I get just sidetracked sometimes and projects take longer than I think I, they will. And then, you know, I write 150,000 words when I was supposed to write 60. And <laughs> <laughs> so I don't I don't like to give uh, specific dates, but a new Piper series is coming soon. And I've got a couple new Emma books, which are my the, my contemporary titles that I have like in bits and pieces started. So those will be coming out hopefully in 2020 as well, or if not into 2021. Fantastic. That's a full slate right there. Full slate. It's crazy. And Pandora, how about you? What's What's coming up in the back half of this year? Well, I have a couple of more books coming out for Jude and Cope and maybe um, some more for Tennyson and Ronan in the Cold Case Psychic series. But I'm also working on a brand new contemporary series called Protect and Serve. And it's about foster brothers who all became first responders of one sort or another. The police officer's book was out last month and hopefully next month we will see Ozzy, who's my firefighter. Later on in the year, I have this idea for a series about warlocks who are you know, their coven stretches all the way back to the Spanish Inquisition and needing to hide themselves so they didn't end up, you know, at the, the wrong end of an Inquisitor's bonfire. So hopefully we have all of that coming up and maybe some cute little Christmas project that I'm not 100% sure about yet. Got to get the cute Christmas project in there. <laughs> you know what? With everything going on right now, I am totally into Christmas. Like if I could put my Christmas tree up right now, I would. <laughs> Because there's just so much joy in Christmas and especially, you know, love stories that revolve around it. So looking yeah. forward to that. I'm writing my Christmas story in July just to keep with the Ooh. Christmas in July concept. So <laughs> it seems like the perfect time to do it. <laughs> and how can folks keep up with you guys online? 
Pandora, we'll go ahead and start with you. I'm on Facebook. You can find me um, under my own name there. And um, my reader group is called Pandora's Box. Um, <laughs> look for the, you know, just there's so many Pandora's Boxes on Facebook. Who knew? But you'll see, you know, the big banner with me on it and, you know, probably one of my books. Fantastic. And Piper? The easiest way would probably be to join my reader group on Facebook. You can find it at facebook.com slash groups slash Piper Scott. So hopefully that shouldn't be too hard to find. <laughs> and if not, if Facebook's not your jam, you can find other contact information at my author website, authorpiperscott.com. Or, or you can join me on Instagram. Look me up, piperscott.mm. Fantastic. And Leslie, where is Heart to Heart available and for how long? Because this is limited time. Yeah, definitely. Heart to Heart is available on Amazon and you can read it free through Kindle Unlimited. It is only available for 90 days. So that's end of September, I think should should be the timing. It'll be ebook and paperback and the paperbacks historically are absolute monstrous phone book yes, size. <laughs> they take up a good chunk of our bookshelf. They really do. They really do. But they're awesome to have. So yeah, that's that's where to find us and and to not wait too long because you know once it's gone it's gone it, if the authors choose to republish their stories individually some of our authors have definitely done that but some of the stories that have been in the anthology before have never been seen again all right well thank you all for coming and talking about this wonderful project looking forward to hearing in a few months how much we've earned for some charities absolutely thank you this week's interview transcript has been brought to you by our community on Patreon. If you'd like to read the interview for yourself, simply head on over to the show notes page for this episode at BigGayFictionPodcast.com. And thanks again to Pandora, Piper, and Leslie for coming to talk to us. And thanks to everybody who has picked up the anthology so far. You guys turned it into a bestseller on Amazon last week. It got that coveted orange banner, so thank you for supporting the anthology, in particular because it does benefit charities. This year, it's benefiting Camp Firefly, Project 10, and Community, and we'll have links in the show notes to those charities so you can learn some more about them as well. All right, I think that'll do it for this week's show. Now, coming up next in episode 249, author E. Davies joins us to talk about the latest book in the F-Word series. I so much enjoyed talking to Ed, learning about the F-Word. We talked about Rosavia Royals and some other great projects that he's got coming up. So it's a really great conversation that you're not going to want to miss. Remember, no matter where life takes you, the journey will always be sweeter when you have a book. Until next time, everyone, please stay strong, be safe, and keep reading. Big Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. New episodes of this show are available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For more information about joining our community and the bonus content we deliver, check out patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.